Good afternoon, Lafayette. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. This is Joe Cunningham, News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation. There is a lot going on uh, nationally, internationally, and locally. And I want to start, I actually don't want to get into the Herschel Walker stuff right now. I'll get into that in the later part of the show. But I want to start locally. Yesterday, Lafayette High School was under lockdown for about six hours. Uh, They started in a shelter-in-place situation. An uh, an online threat was spread around to the school. It's my understanding that the threat, which was a tweet that was posted to a brand-new account, had no followers and really no likelihood that anybody had seen it. The threat was airdropped to students, which... uh, Airdropping is a way of sharing files between two Apple products. And you can very easily change the name of your phone and airdrop something to somebody without anybody knowing that's your phone. It's very easy to do if other people have their airdrop on. So all you do is you go and you select a screenshot of this, of, of this threatening tweet you find all the other phones in your area that have airdrop on, you start airdropping the pictures or whatever to them. And they will never know who you are if you've changed the name of your phone. Or if those people don't recognize that it's your phone it's coming from. You don't have to be that person's contact. You don't have to share contact information in the exchange. You can just drop it to a bunch of people all at once. And it looks like that's what happened here. It was spread around, so you couldn't really tell who did it. But then it got spread around through Snapchat. As people said, WTF is this, I just got, and it starts spreading around Snapchat and other social media that way. That leads to a shelter in place. Law enforcement responds. They take a threat to the school very seriously. The tweet was posted at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. At... Just before 11 o'clock yesterday, the school goes into the shelter in place, into the lockdown. Those are actually two separate terms. Um, shelter in place just means no movement in the halls until, you know, basically time to transition or whatever. But you shelter in place. Well, while law enforcement was there at the scene investigating, somebody calls in to 911 and, thre- and, and, not threatens, and says there's a student on campus with a gun. And so immediately law enforcement swings into action. And law enforcement is sweeping the school. They're going through the school. Their kids that have been in in, in their classroom, the same classroom they were in at the start of the shelter in place, now under lockdown, they have not moved, have not been able to go out into the halls, have not even been able to go to the bathroom. They have not been able to transition at all. And police are sweeping, law enforcement sweeping through the school. There was no student on campus with a gun. During all this, a student tries to walk on the campus. Probably somebody who had a class later in the day did not know the school was under lockdown or anything, tried to walk on, got arrested for trespassing on campus during a lockdown. Someone was arrested for the 911 call for terrorizing. They made essentially a prank call to 911 reporting something that was not true and did so maliciously, did not actually think that somebody was on campus with a gun, just wanted to stir up trouble. That's terrorizing. That person was arrested, sent to juvenile hall, and and is going to to juvenile detention. 
So last night, LPSS and LPD became aware of another online threat against the school. This one posted to Instagram. The name of the Instagram account was very similar to the name of the Inst- of the Twitter account. Uh, brand new account, no followers, nothing like that. The account was deleted. But again, the screenshot went around. And LPSS and Lafayette Police said, we're going to have school tomorrow, but there will be more law enforcement on campus. There will be more administrative personnel on campus. Before I get into anything else, let me just say the following. At the end of the year last year, in Uvalde, Texas, we had a major tragedy. And what made the tragedy so horrific is that law enforcement did nothing. Law enforcement stood around and waited. Innocent lives were lost. It was a massive failure on law enforcement in Uvalde, Texas. And we still don't know the full scope of what went wrong other than cowardice and ill-trained personnel. But over the summer, over the summer, Sheriff Mark Garber, Lafayette Parish School System, Local law enforcement all worked together to come up with the policies and procedures that would be in place in the case of a major event. And it was the first major deployment of the school year under under this new system, under these new guidelines. And they responded quickly and effectively and efficiently. Yes, there were some hiccups. Somebody getting onto campus, not realizing the school was on lockdown. Um, parents who showed up trying to get to the school while it was under lockdown. Parents, I, n- I know it can be scary, but the best possible thing you can do is not be in the schools and law enforcement's way because it just causes more problems. I, I, get, the, I get the need, and that is something that we discussed on Offsides yesterday. But the policies and procedures worked. The response was effective. And, and before... We go to our first break. It needs to be said because I don't think it's being said enough. Law enforcement and LPSS reacted swiftly and efficiently. They got information out. Now, granted, there are people who complain that the information was not getting out fast enough. I understand that. But we're talking multiple levels of bureaucracy in two separate institutions. Lafayette Police Department, and the Lafayette Parish School System. The information that they were getting out, the communication that was clearly there, was pretty effective because I know we at the station and news outlets were getting updates pretty regularly. And I know parents were being sent stuff through the PACE system that the school board uses to get information out. And they were getting information out when there was new information to give out. I also know that there were plenty of students who were texting their friends and family, at the very least telling them, I'm okay, which is fine. I'm not actually a big fan of the let's confiscate all the phones, let's not let the phones out at all during the school day. I'm okay with kids having their phones and even texting, as long as they're not cheating, but there are ways to monitor that. But the response yesterday 
was effective from the time that the threat was reported to the school to the time kids were finally dismissed. From a tactical perspective, everything went right. There were some things that I know there are complaints on as far as the, the reports that kids were having to pee in trash cans or sinks or whatever because they weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. But it's better for kids to be stuck safe in a classroom and having to pee in a sink or a trash can than kids wandering around the school when there is a potential threat going on. Local law enforcement and the local school board deserve praise for how well the systems worked. And that needs to be said. Now, I want to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I want to get further into this issue because there are other things that are now popping up. A situation in Sicilia, an arrest at Northside. We need to talk about those, and we will do so here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Now, going into this this crazy week. I mean, it, it has been an absolutely crazy week. And we're only on Tuesday. We're at the end of Tuesday, and it's been absolutely insane. We had an online threat against uh, Cecilia Junior and Senior High that has uh, prompted more law enforcement on campus as well. We have uh, just a... Uh, we had an arrest at Northside. This is the second arrest of this type at Northside today where a student was arrested for making a threat against the school. Uh, A student was arrested and charged with terrorizing uh, for threatening in front of others at the school that he was going to shoot up the school. And we have... We have a problem. I mentioned this yesterday, but I want to go further into it. And I'd love your thoughts, 232-1542. We have a problem. And we need to look at it from a local lens because we can't just say, oh, this is part of the national crime wave. Oh, this is part of the, the Democrats and the progressives. I'm sorry. This isn't a very progressive part of the state. This isn't a very progressive area that all this stuff is happening. There are some cultural, there are some social issues that we do need to address. And yes, some of them follow national trends, but we do need to focus on how we fix things in our community. Tonight is National Night Out. Law enforcement agencies in just about all of our municipalities are hosting some sort of event. Uh, Big one here in Lafayette, Girard Park. Uh, I know that over by the Karen Crow Police Station near where I live, there's going to be one. There's some in the other municipalities as well. And these are events that you go out and you, uh, you, you basically, your, your local law enforcement is visible. They are visible. You can be them. They interact with the community. And we need more of that. We need more visibility of our law enforcement. 
but we also need to figure out what's going on in our kids' lives. We need to figure out what it is that is leading to all of these problems. What is it that's leading kids to think it's okay to make these prank or sometimes real threats against schools? We had at a school a kid who uploaded self-made rap songs talking about a new Columbine. We have kids who are getting arrested because they're bringing uh, vape pens, they're bringing uh, weed-loaded vape pens onto campus, bringing weapons onto campus, bringing prescription drugs they aren't supposed to have on campus. There's something going on. I was in the school system for eight years, and I know that a lot of problems can be addressed by parental involvement, but not all of them, because there is a larger percentage than you might think of kids whose, apparent, whose parents apologize for their behavior. Parents who will make excuses for their kids' behavior. But culturally, socially, we have a problem that we have to address. I don't know how to solve that problem. I'm not even sure what, what ideas, if any, I could toss out right now. Other than saying we need to work really hard to drive up parental involvement. We need to work really hard in staying involved in our kids' lives. But we also need to watch ourselves. These online threats are becoming a bigger thing. Because we ourselves act like jackasses on the internet. We do. We can use the internet as a tool for good, but a lot of us use the tool for ill. We can hide behind the anonymity of the internet. I hate anonymous commenters on the internet. I hate people who comment anonymously. But that's becoming less of a thing than people who are responding to things with their own first and last name and their own picture attached. They just don't care. The internet is a wall. The internet is a buffer that they use to actually protect or think that they can protect themselves in real life. But they can't. Because I'm going to tell you, the kid who's posting stuff to Twitter and Instagram anonymously to make these threats against Lafayette High, Twitter and Meta will respond just like that to a police request for information. They will respond. They will comply with that request to get the IP address. And if it's a VPN, if it's a, uh, if it's something that a kid can use to mask their IP address, it doesn't matter. If you're making threats, legally, those VPNs don't have to protect you. They can turn you over. There is no protection on the internet, but people act like there are, and so they act like absolute dummies, like absolute jerks, like absolute bullies on the internet with no ramification whatsoever. And, and, and their kids and other kids see that, and they start doing the same thing. They think there are no repercussions because you're on the internet. It's not real life, but it is. The internet is a tool for good. The internet is how anybody you listen to on talk radio comes up with the information they come up with. You can use it to research the stories that matter to the audience. You can use it to research the information your audience wants and needs. You can do it to find the latest on statistics, the latest crime, anything like that. The stories that appeal 
to your audience everything, but can also be used for very, very bad things. And people are using it for very, very bad things. And as a result, our kids are seeing that and they're doing the exact same thing, except it's disrupting our schools and disrupting our communities. Your calls, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. We will also get into the Herschel Walker stuff in the second half of the show, plus more stories here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542, if you want to call in and be part of the conversation. I want to shift away from the local now. If you if you have thoughts about the situation at Lafayette High, about uh, these other threats, these other instances, what's going on culturally, socially, feel free to call in. Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can also send your messages to the KPL app chat if you like. Just open up the, the little chat button. You will see, uh, you just pick uh, general discussion. You can send a, a message to me that way. I really do need to get a show label for that. I'm going to try to do that and get that. Done. A couple of y'all have pointed that out that I really need one, and I do. And I, I just need to make sure that that happens. Uh, anyway, so uh, I'm actually opening up the app chat now just to see if anybody has sent a message already. Uh, and if not, please, please. Uh, actually, you know, T-Don uh, in Brobridge has uh, sent a message. There is no more modesty, common sense, or accountability. People nowadays say and do whatever they want without any repercussions. Exactly. I think that's one of the biggest issues with social media is that people just feel a uh, they they just feel this need this desire to to be a jerk on the internet basically and and do it without any sort of let's see how do I say it any sort of guilty conscience about it there there's there's no there's no sort of conscience there's no Jiminy Cricket on their shoulder um you know in fact uh, I. It's funny because I've worked at websites and I've worked really hard to try to get them to get rid of anonymous commenting. There are commenting platforms that require you to log in through Facebook and your Facebook name and and profile are what appear. But uh, one media outlet I worked for made that switch and people were still doing and saying the same thing. So it's not like your name being out there is... Uh, the problem well, your your name being out there, your picture being out there, people being able to identify you, that doesn't matter anymore. People just think that the internet itself is a buffer from all that. All right, let's let's go to the phones because we've got Renee on. Renee, how are you today? Hey, uh, I got a. It's a cultural problem, a Western cultural problem with European and American people. Uh, for some reason, people like Walter Cronkite, Doctor Spock. And a few others, they were great people during the greatest generation. Something happened to them in the 60s. Dr. Spock, book on how to raise kids, rivals, almost the Bible. And there's one page where he does not, he talks against corporal punishment. Corporal punishment's control. You hit a dog not to run in the road and get ran over, it kind of works. You don't hear the kid not to get ran over in the road. The kid go get in the road and get ran over. Why? Because Dr. Spock doesn't believe in it. Too many people wrote, read that poisonous book. The rest of the book seems fine. It's at that poisonous page on corporal punishment. Even European countries in multiple languages, that book rivals the Bible. 
Dr. Spock's book, child care book. And too many intellectuals have read that, absorbed that, and, and they believe in it fanatically. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know there's been, I, I think the idea of corporal punishment has become so controversial. No, most people don't even talk about it anymore. And, and maybe, maybe we should have that conversation. I'm, I'm not somebody who believes in, you know, all that really, but I, I'm, I have different ways of making sure that my kids. May I have something? Yeah. The police don't come and make you sit in the corner. I don't care what liberal communist city you're in. The police not going to make you. Sometimes the police have been ruined to a great extent, but most police forces, they don't come around, make you sit in the corner, think about it, beg you, they slap the darn crap out of you, put cuffs on and send you to the prison. Of course, our new policemen are becoming more like Dr. Spock would like. Terrible, weak, pathetic. No, no, no control and justice over the civilization. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the call, Renee. Always a pleasure. All right, 232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the program. All right, so I want to move to, I want to spend at least this next bit of the show uh, probably the, the remainder of the show, talking about the Herschel Walker situation. I do talk about the midterm elections. This is probably going to have an effect on the midterms. Now, yesterday, the Daily Beast dropped a story on Herschel Walker. Uh, again, Herschel Walker, famed Georgia athlete, possibly one of the best-known athletes in Georgia, uh, running for Senate, came through very solid victory in the GOP primary in Georgia over the summer, now is running against incumbent Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock. We've known or suspect, I've heard, I've heard whispers from very credible people in Georgia that there are still some skeletons in Walker's closet. There was a rumor that was floating around for a while behind the scenes that Walker had paid somebody to have an abortion. And the Daily Beast ran that story yesterday. They have a woman who came forward and said, uh, Herschel Walker paid me about $700 to have an abortion. He sent me a get well soon card. And all right, here's a picture of the check. Here's a picture of the get well card. Here's a picture of the receipt from the abortion. As one of my friends put it, puts it, it's really weird to have a receipt from, a, from an abortion in 2009. But, that's, but, but the Daily B story actually is not. The, uh, the, the Daily B story is not the worst thing to happen to, uh, to Herschel Walker. Last night, his son, Christian Walker, who, by the way, does lean to the right, absolutely blasted his father on social media. Some of the stuff he posted, I think, has been deleted, but uh, I know my mom and I would really appreciate if my father, Herschel Walker, stopped lying and making a mockery of us. You're not a family man when you left us to bang a bunch of women, threatened to kill us, and had us move over six times in six months running from your violence. This is part of the problem for Walker. Walker's campaign is not very forceful in responding to the Daily Beast. Well, they're, they're responding to the Daily Beast story by threatening to sue for defamation. But he hasn't been very forceful in pushing back against the domestic violence stuff, against the mental illness stuff, things like that. This is what it comes down to. Herschel Walker has a mental illness. He is bipolar. And that plays into a lot of his behavior back during the time that Christian Walker and others are referring to. Walker's problem is that 
he has taken a very hands-off approach on this. The Raphael Warnock campaign is running this ad in Georgia. It is an interview with Walker's ex-wife talking about the violence, holding a gun to her head, things like that, all the stuff that Walker did while they were together. The ad itself is in black and white. It's zoomed up on his ex-wife. The problem is that if you look at the zoomed out interview, where the interview actually comes from, Herschel Walker's sitting right there. This was an interview they did, I think, with 60 Minutes that was on mental health, mental illness, mental health, and trying to overcome it. He was a high-profile celebrity going through some of these same things that we talk about today. But it's being used in a campaign ad by the Warnock campaign to great effect. These ads, this Daily Beast attack, the, the tweet of the sun, I don't think is part of any campaign, but will be used by the campaign. It will be used to define Herschel Walker. Now, I've mentioned before, and I want to mention again, for you to understand why it's happening this particular way. If you look at the polls, Raphael Warnock has been stuck in the mid to slightly upper 40s in the polls. That's pretty much Warnock's ceiling. And Herschel Walker, for a little while, was trending above that. And he's come back down a little bit. The problem is not Herschel Walker is unpopular. The problem is that independent voters, Republican women, more moderate Republican voters, are not sure that Herschel Walker is somebody they can support. And so the, the Warnock campaign is running these ads, running these hit jobs, throwing out this oppo research in an effort to not win voters to Warnock's side. He's hit his ceiling, but to keep Republicans from turning out on Election Day. And that strat in that scenario, it benefits Raphael Warnock. Because if you look at the polling and you see that both men are roughly in the mid-40s in support in the polls, all you need to do is knock Herschel Walker down to about 40-43, as long as Warnock stays, stays above in the polls. Because the people who aren't answering the poll, the people who aren't uh, sure in the poll, they just stay home on Election Day, and Raphael Warnock wins his seat. I want to talk about that. Let's go ahead and take our break. When we come back, your calls, your messages on the KPL app, and more on the Raphael Warnock situation, how it plays into the larger midterm election. We'll talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, you can also send a message to the KPL app chat. The Herschel Walker story is not one that's going to go away. The, the media is very locked in on this, and it's easy to see why. This is a swing seat. Um, and don't think for a minute, well, people don't actually care about this. A friend of mine, Eric Erickson, who is in Georgia, pointed out, uh, you know what? Georgia is not nearly as red as Alabama, and Alabama voted uh, for Doug Jones against Roy Moore. They, they are working to correct that mistake. But remember, even Alabama would vote for a Democrat over a very, very poor Republican candidate. And Walker, I told you guys from the very beginning, Walker's not a strong candidate. 
He's gotten better. He's got a better team, but they're still not able to respond as much as they'd like or as well as they'd like, particularly because I don't think they have a whole lot of money. And also, the candidate is not very forceful in his response to these sorts of things. But on the pure the pure political you know spectatorship of this how does this play out if georgia remains republican i'm sorry if georgia remains democrat and let's say that pennsylvania flips that is a one seat advantage to the democrats it's 5149 right now the likelihood is that adam laxalt of nevada wins that takes it back to a 50-50 Senate. If you want the GOP to control the Senate, if you have any family in Georgia, you want to call them and tell them, vote Herschel Walker no matter what they say. And there are a lot of Republicans on who are rallying to that right now. They're trying to convince, hey, Georgia Republicans, I know things look shady right now, but you've got to absolutely vote Herschel Walker. But you also have Arizona. In Arizona... Blake Masters is not a great candidate. He is losing to a very weak Mark Kelly, which tells you all you need to know about Masters. But again, the polling could not be could be uh, underestimating Republican turnout. It's likely that they are. We just don't know how much. Wisconsin looks like it's safe. Ohio, I think, is safe, despite the fact that J.D. Vance is also not a great candidate. But if Adam Lexalt can win, even if Georgia is lost to Raphael Warnock again, and if uh, Pennsylvania is lost to the Democrats this go-round, that's still a 50-50 Senate. You can get by with that. Giving the Democrats control of the Senate is not good. But you've got to note, Oz is making a comeback in the polls, and Fetterman is just not doing great on the public scene. So we shall see on all that. But that is the lay of the land. Now, before we go, we've got a few minutes left. Before we go, I want to mention one other big story that I that we've kind of heard a bit about for a, a day or so now, but it's really starting to hit the trending topics online right now. And that is Russia and the possibility of escalation of nuclear conflict. Russia is militarily making some moves. It looks like they are preparing for a nuclear strike in Ukraine. I don't think they are. I don't think Putin is that desperate yet. Although the Russian armies floundering in this conflict cannot, uh, cannot be understated. It has been an absolute disaster for the Russian, uh, for the Russian army. And Putin may very well have lost it to the point where he is going to, uh, where he's he's going to feel the need to drop a nuclear weapon, launch a nuclear weapon on Ukraine. So, how does this play out? In a nuclear, if he escalates to nuclear conflict in Ukraine, there is virtually no way. For example, I've, I saw one national security or, or one global security expert say, you know. The U.S. and NATO can end the conflict in, in Ukraine if they moved in. Russia's army doesn't stand a chance. And if that's the case, Russia's army is pretty much done. The U.S. can wipe out 
Russia's Black Sea Fleet. The U.S. can cripple Russia. But if Putin feels he's got nothing left to lose, and there are 6,000 nukes that we know of in Russia, this becomes a painful global event. If China tries to step in, that's another massive military power we could have to deal with. Not saying they would jump in, but there is the possibility if it means standing up to the encroachment of the West. However, add to this that Kim Jong-un felt um, he, he felt comfortable enough launching a missile in Japan's direction yesterday. You know, during the Trump years, as much as they say Trump was in Putin's pocket, Putin never felt the need or f- never, never felt comfortable enough moving on Ukraine like he has in the Biden years. Kim Jong-un hasn't launched a missile since 2017 when the Trump administration said, no, we're going to work with you to make sure this doesn't happen again. We have a leader on the global stage who walks around like a frail old man. Who talks like a frail old man losing his mind. When he does make lucid statements, his White House comms team completely undermines him immediately. There's no strong leadership in the U.S., which is still seen as a leader on the global stage. When you look at the world, you you really see a tri-power world. There is the U.S. and its NATO allies. There is Russia and there is China. And the biggest threat to the other two is going to be the U.S. to Russia and China. But right now, the U.S. is led by an incredibly weak leader. And North Korea, Russia, China, they feel fine making aggressive moves that historically the U.S. is opposed. They feel comfortable enough with that because they don't respect the U.S. and they don't respect Joe Biden. Say what you want about Trump, but at least Trump was crazy enough that these guys didn't want to mess with Trump because they didn't know where he was going to go next. All right, y'all have a good one. Talk to you in 23 hours. In the meantime, Shannon is off sides next. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Sign up for my show notes and my email at joecunninghamshow.substack.com. And I'll talk to you guys again real soon here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL.